This is Luke Longley. You're listening to NBA Australia. NBA Australia, how are you going? Hang in. Are you right? Are you excited? Mate, I'm Big Kev. I'm pretty excited. The NBA starts tomorrow, you little ripper. I can't wait. Jimmy, you going to be wearing pants? Yeah, probably not, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, this is NBA Australia. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of CodeBet. You might see me on Fox Sports Lab NBA. Man Ben Dixon. I'm a writer sometimes. You can check out my stuff. Go check it out. Anyway, I'm here in Larry Armour Studio, surrounded by my Seattle Supersonics gear. Just good to have Rain Man hanging over me. Kind of love it. Uh, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA preseason. It's not preseason really anymore. Oh, geez. Repping Strayer a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously around here either. Leave that to the nerds. Oh, jeez, we better take it very seriously. All right, settle down. Uh, season starts tomorrow. By the time most folks hear this, it'll be today. So let's get into it. Uh, no more punch-ons from Draymond in the interceding days, kind of like that. Today's show, it's going to be uh, Jimmy's wrap-up of the awards. Who's going to win all the awards? My predictions. Who's going to win the, uh, you know, all those awards and stuff and all the counting stat stuff. And then who's going to win the title? Hashtag spoiler alert. I <laughs> love it. I'm going to fly through some hastily scrolled year NARS and our unpopular opinion of the day and our back takeouts, and then we'll pick some games, and that'll be it. Might finish off the quick daily review. Right, let's get into it. Episode, I believe this is 849 of NBA Australia. Just make it up as I go. There you go. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better, you better watch out for the attack of here's a bunch more money, Shaq. <laughs> if you're Shaq. Ah, oh, jeez. Talk about that in a second. Good times, great memories, lots of money. On your shack. Get paid. Uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. See, it was a whip. That's what it does. It's a whip around, bruv. <laughs> Good stuff. Money. Oh, yeah. Got to get that money. It's right there. It's a coin, isn't it? Yeah, checks out. Uh, a bunch of the rookie extensions got picked up and, uh, you know, negotiated <laughs> with a bunch of the uh, rookie class. Brandon Clark scored himself four years, 52. DeAndre Hanna, he had four years, $95 million. My favorite, not Nasir Little in his four-year, 28-little contract. Or uh, there goes my hero, Tyler Hero, getting a four-year, $130 million extension the other day, uh, which I forgot to mention on uh, Sunday, Monday show, uh, which is, you know, that's how Jordan Poole made 140 million bucks. He's like, yo, see that little dweeb over there? They gave him 130. Whack 10 million on top of that, and we're talking. <laughs> Away he goes. Love that. 
The best one, though, is Kevin Porter Jr., a.k.a. KPJ, a.k.a. the Soup Nazi. Uh, four years, $82.5 million. My first thought was, that's a lot of soup. Just fucking start throwing it around. Bang. Uh, but this was pointed out by ESPN that it's much more like an NFL contract, right? Where it's like basically the one year is guaranteed on that out of that uh, 82.5. It's like 16 mil. And then the base salaries for the next two seasons, totaling 35 and a half, are guaranteed if KPJ is on the roster through to the start of, well, basically the end of the 24, or the 23-24 season. So pretty weird, pretty wonky. So basically it's essentially, it's a bunch of different check marks, which is incredibly smart by Houston because KPJ, as we know, He'll soon as look at you as throw a fucking bowl of soup at your head. So why not be able to cut bait at any point in time? Kind of like it. It's also like going to be one of those rare cases because obviously with the way the Players Association and the CBA is actually structured, this is pretty hard to negotiate uh, with a player and a team um, to have like non-guaranteed salaries. But there are obviously options in the way they do it. So... I kind of like this, especially for a head case like at KPJ. Love it. Uh, no extensions for Cam Johnson, PJ Hamilton, Washington, Grant, Willie Williams, and Rui Hachimura. And, of course, not one for our Aussie Matty T. That's right, Matisse Tybel. He and the Sixers weren't able to come to an agreement, uh, so he'll be a restricted free agent. That seems fair. This is a bit of a Daryl Morey going, look... We've got a pretty packed roster all of a sudden. Matty, we love you, but if you can't hit a fucking three, mate, look, I don't know how much you're worth. We better see how you go this season. And then somebody else can set the market for you. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the other little bit of news before we get into the awards picks. I'm going to try to go really quickly today, tonight. Just, you know, set up the start of the season because uh, it's exciting times. It's exciting times, but also just fucking got a lot of work today. <laughs> So there you go. Ah, oh, hashtag corporate gym. Um, not only did uh, free agent Facundo Campazzo end up signing with Dallas, but another big signing was made. TNT, they reached uh, long-term contract extensions with Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jet Smith, and Shaquille O'Neal. That's right. They're the guys I mentioned at the top. You might remember them. The greatest... Studio show in the history of sport. Oh, geez, it better than on the couch, Jimmy. Yeah, to be honest, it's a bit better than that. It doesn't have Gazy, but it does have Shaq and Chuck. So, it's all right. Uh, inside the NBA, love it. Well, I think it's like 10 years at like 100 mil for Charles Barkley as well, which is great. So, happy days. Uh, that way he doesn't have to go do the live tour. Bit of that golf. Right. That's kind of all the news before we hit this uh, season start. So obviously we've got Philly-Boston opening up the account tomorrow. We've got the Lakers-Golden State. That's exciting times. Um, let's run through some Jimmy MVPs, the old NBA Strayer Awards of, oh, this year's bloke I want to go get a beer with and all that stuff. All the good stuff we like to do here at NBA Australia. Take a quick break. We'll come back. And we'll bloody well do that. Sound Good. Good. Because this is a pretty special drop. Just wait for it. Right after this. Oh! 
This is Luke Longley. You're listening to NBA Australia. And now it's time for the 2020-23 NBA Strayer Award Preview, 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 Preview. And picks. All right. How good was that? That's right. Lucian Longley, the big man. How good was that of him? Just, uh... Give us the old you listen to NBA Australia. What a legend. God, that was cool. Right. Let's do some awards. Uh, Look, this will be pretty straightforward. I've just probably written about, I don't know, four and a half thousand words about the awards today. Uh, Over at codebet.com.au, so go read that. (laughs) That'll be a bit easier. Anyway, uh, let's do some uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved Player. A uh, couple of picks of the scoring title, whatever. Most disappointing player. Most disappointing team. Most likely to start a punch on. Uh, the bloke you most want to go get a beer with. And the worst bloke of the year award. Love these. Absolutely love it. So let's start right at the top. MVP. I've uh, sort of tossed and turned around this. I've got a pretty clear top five where I think we see Jar Morant climb into the top five a proper and be there sort of all year and really make a run at it. The thing is, the more I think about it, the more I worry that the Grizzlies, having overachieved last year, maybe take that little bit of a step, and because the West is going to be so bloody tough this year, they maybe just don't quite get there. But I've got a feeling Jar, if he's healthier, will be right there in the MVP conversation all year. So it wouldn't surprise me if he goes top three. Uh, after Jar, I've got Giannis. I think Giannis, similar vibes, right? Out there in the East, Giannis is going to have to play a shit ton. He's going to have to be really good. And they have to play him a lot. Especially until Jingles comes back. Like, there's not a giant amount of size on that Milwaukee. It's Algonquin for the good land. Uh, perimeter, right? So, I reckon we'll see a lot of Giannis this year. Uh, Kevin Durant comes in number three. As long as he plays enough. Of course, as long as he plays enough is like the uh, addendum for every player basically here, right? But still, rings very true when it comes to Kevin. Just, you know, he's getting a bit older. This is his last best chance at an MVP. That'll be just him, he alone, going chaos. Look, he won one ages ago. Cool. He was young. It was meant to be his ascension. And then he bailed. To Golden State. This is like the sort of capstone, I think, to uh, the way it all sort of goes. He and Brooklyn. It's this one year. they got to do it. So it's going to feed into a couple of the other ideas I could hear. Then it came down to me for Luca and Embiid. It's pretty straightforward, I think. Embiid, I think this Philly team is loaded for bear. Talked about their over-under on uh, Monday's show. I think they could even go over what I think I tipped, which was, you know, 56. They could go 60 wins. They're deep. They're awesome. They're going to feast. With a big man like uh, Embiid being backed up by someone like Trez, Montrez Harrell, you sort of just go, fuck it. <laughs> like, they're just going to be really good. PJ Tucker, Daniel House. You've got Anthony Melton. They've actually got a bit of depth. They're going to be really good. Luca is the other one. Top two. 
He's going to be doing absolutely everything. It's not going to surprise me if he averages a 30, 10, and 10. I was all over Luca for all things fantasy in the lead up to this season. Uh, shouts to all the members of the NBA Australia Fertility community out there. That was a good time drafting, a lot of shit talk, a lot of messaging, <laughs> a lot of making fun of me. I was also dealing with a screaming squid, which was great fun. Nothing like kind of trying to put together, you know, put together, put a three and a half, put together, put a, put a, put a three and a half year old to bed at the same time as a uh, one month old. Jesus, it was just chaos. Anyway, uh, thanks to everyone for bearing with me. Uh, but Luca, without Jalen there, he's just going to have the ball in his hand even more. They get him an extra weapon in Christian Wood. I think Luca goes absolutely fucking ham this year. Comes into the you know season a little bit more in shape. He's been playing Euro basket with a Slovenian team. He's going to come in and rip it up. So essentially it came down to a bit of a coin flip for me between Luca and Embiid. I think Embiid, just by virtue of being second last year, the voters might have that moment of like, yeah, look, if Embiid does that again and he's healthy the entire season, he's probably got it. Because I think when it, come, when it comes to, you know, it's all said and done. There's no more completely dominant, unstoppable force in the NBA at the moment than in Joel Embiid. So, just saying. So, Embiid just over Luca. Rookie of the year. I love me some Keegs. Love me some Keegs. Keegan Murray didn't like the pick because I think you can you can get different value where you were there, Sacramento. But I reckon Keegs is going to be good. I think I've got Benny Matherin. Oh yeah, Benedict Matherin up there in Indy. He's at number four. Number three. Jabari Smith, number two, Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. I think the Pistons would be surprisingly sick. And if he and K gel even a little bit, the Pistons are going to be A, awesome to watch, B, fucking good at times. Shit overall, because they're still very young, but Ivey will be really handy. Rookie, the I think I've just got, it's either, it's Paolo, but look, I'm just saying, Jaden Ivey is a pretty good look. He's a value pick. Um, I think he and Cade will have the ball in their hands a lot. And he might get off to a bit of a slow start, Ivey. Same with Paolo, as they get sort of used to the speed of the NBA game. But they should be the last two. I think Jabari is a really, really good sort of look as well. What I worry about there is that there in Houston, the ball is going to be in Kevin Porter Jr.'s hands. It's going to be in Jalen Green's hands. And people will be like, oh, but Jimmy, they average lots of assists. They're the sort of assists where it's like, ah, fuck, I've dribbled the ball a bunch. Uh, you take it. <laughs> Dunk. All right, sick. Now I'm a good playmaker. It's all right. Jalen Green's going to be a lot better this year, I think. But I think Jabari doesn't quite maybe get enough of a chance to show Casey's full skills this year. But I think he's going to be a beast. I think he's going to be really good. I love those three rookies. Jaden Ivey, uh, Jabari, and Paolo, just saying. Uh, defensive player of the year. Really, 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 really like this one. Rudy is the obvious pick. Because I think if he goes to he goes to Minnesota now, right? If they're even a half-decent defensive team, everyone's going to go, oh, see, it's because of Rudy, the three-time defensive player of the year. He's so fucking good, man. It's like, yeah, and he is. And he's going to be cleaning up so many fucking D-Lo, D'Angelo Russell mistakes, Carl Anthony Towns space outs. The big Frenchman's like, oh, why can't you guard your man? Why do I have to guard my man and all of your motherfucking mans? This is bullshit, man. 
realize he's stuck in Minnesota for five more years. Anyway, I've got Anthony Davis on my Defensive Player of the Year at five. Bam at four. Rudy at three because I just think Mobley, Evan Mobley, and wait for it, the winner. Big Benny Simmons, watch out. Oh, geez, Jimmy, you, you drinking that Brooklyn Kool-Aid, mate? Yes, yes, I am, because my case for Simmons is this. The Nets, if they don't self-combust and get Steve Nash fired by November, they're going to be fucking good. Talk about a team that's, you know, look, they don't have too much rim protection, but at the same time, Simo might make it a moot point. <laughs> he might just go, fuck it, I'm going to lock down everybody. I think a lot of the defensive success that he had in Philly might have been scheme-based, but he's also a fucking beast. And without any of the offensive load, because he's got Kyrie and fucking Kevin Durant on his team, Simo's just going to be able to, you know, be able to be the fucking defensive beast we all know he can be. And to be honest, it's probably one of the easier ways for him to like get back into the flow of the NBA, right? After a year off, oh, I'm a packet, and um, away he goes, right? So I think what happens here is that if it doesn't blow up by November, Simmons, KD, Kyrie, Paddy Thrills. As I said on Monday's show, Simo plus shooters is a fucking recipe that everyone's been bleeding about for fucking years. Oh, why don't we just, just trade Ben Simmons and give him his own team? And so he has Ben Simmons plus shooters. So, well, this is Ben Simmons plus like four of the greatest shooters we've ever seen. Let's see what happens. And if they're going well and it's all going good and their defense isn't just like a fucking burning trash fire that's in a garbage dump, guess who's going to get all the fucking kudos for that? It's going to be Ben Simmons. There's going to be a whole bunch of shine, and they'll go, oh, look at him just shut down these guys. Oh, fuck. Like, Kyrie can't defend a fucking, like, a goddamn used condom on the ground, bruv. <laughs> like, it's going to be all Simo, and he's going to be just shutting dudes down, causing havoc on the perimeter, maybe on the inside. He did get steamrolled a bunch of times by bigger dudes, so maybe he's not quite ready for his Draymond Green. Uh, I'm going to play point center vibes. But I think perimeter-wise, he and KD... It's a little scary hours. They're long. They're big. Just saying, he's been second. He was second, what, two years ago? Let's go, Simo. I'm excited. Defensive player of the year. And Mobley is my other pick. I fucking love Mobley. He's just a basketball-playing, def- defense-loving pterodactyl. Uh, sixth man of the year, Tim Hardaway Jr. is an interesting one there at number five for me. Jordan Claxon, depending on the team that he ends up on. Who knows? There goes my Tyler Hero at three. I just don't know if he's going to get enough time as a sixth man. I think he might end up starting a bit more for the uh, heaters. Uh, but, I mean, until, like, I mean, <laughs> it's just weird. I love that there's just a shit ton of Jordans that became, like, sixth man, like Jordan Crawford. Uh, not to be confused with Jamal Crawford. Um, but just absolute gunners, Jordan Poole, Jordan Clarkson. Here we go. Um, but the other sort of vibe for sixth man is that it's always the same sort of thing, right? It's like, you know, bench gunner. It should be the likes of Malcolm Brogdon who are going to come in and sort of solidify their team and do their thing and make sure that their team wins a game and just does things better and nicer and everything. And away we go. Unfortunately, it just doesn't go that way. Usually does it. So in terms of six-man hero is an obvious one. Clarkson's another one. Poole's going to win it. But just keep an eye out for... Christian Wood, out there on the Dallas Mavericks. You know? 
just in case he sticks, sticks around on the bench long enough and Jason Kidd doesn't put him in the starting lineup. Just saying. But anyway, Jordan Poole wins this one in a landslide. Uh, because you remember last year, started a bunch of games because Clay wasn't playing. Clay's back this year. The starting backcourt is pretty solidified there in Golden State. It's Curry and Clay. Poole, in and out, off the bench. $140 million man. Going to get a lot of shine. He's going to walk this one in. Most improved player. Keep an eye on Mobley. I like Mobley a lot for that. Just because, you know, it's a second-year thing. Uh, Anthony Edwards is going to be the hilarious one where everyone, everyone will do the Jar Morant trick they did last year, and I'm just going to fucking yell myself stupid by the end of it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's another one, obviously. Jalen Brunson, once he's there in uh, New York, he gets a whole bunch of shine. Um, I also love that Zion is listed on there. <laughs> but I think... The top five for me is going to be like Jalen Green at five. It's like, oh, but it's his second year. He was the number two pick. He's Look, I hate these arguments about most improved player. It shouldn't be if you're a top four or five pick. You should be getting most improved. It's not the most living up to my expectations award, you know. But anyway, Jalen Green, uh, five. Number four, let's say Brunson. Number three, how about Keldon Johnson? Keldon Johnson. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton should probably win it because he'll have a shit ton of... Uh, a ball in his hands, but I just don't know if he'll have uh, enough shine playing for a horrible indie team that no one's going to give a fuck about. So I think this goes to Anthony Edwards, which is hilarious because I'm going to get even angrier. It's like, oh, how is the most improved player the number one fucking pick from like two years ago? This is stupid. But anyway, that's an argument for later in the season. Coach of the year, Steve Kerr, five. <laughs> like, what's he got to do to win one? Uh, Jason Kidd, because I think Dallas, look, I mentioned it's going to take a bit of coaching this year to get them. Uh, all the way to the promised land again of a Western Conference Finals, but he can do it. Then the top three for me. Willie Green, there in the Pelicans. JB Bickerstaff on the Cavs and Steve Nash, number one. Because as I mentioned, this Nets squad, if he doesn't get fired by November and they're half decent, Steve Nash should just fucking win this award because he's had to deal with so much fucking shit. They would just be like, Steve, look, yeah, look, we know you've just dealt with ball ache after fucking ball ache. Just take the award, bro. And he's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks. But Coach of the Year is a weird one because it's basically like, did you improve your team's like output by between 8 and 14 games? You know? And, like, you know, that'll sort of change. But it basically goes, did you take them from either... Did you make them into a playoff contender when they weren't expected to? Did you take them from a fringe playoff contender to an actual contender? Taylor Jenkins is another good one for Memphis. But I think if Nash can weather this fucking storm where they're calling for his head and they're actually, you know, around 50-odd wins, if it all just works, coach of the year. Uh, Willie Green's another one, obviously. The Pelicans would be really good. And JB Bickerstaff with his Cavs squad. He'd have to be a bad coach to fuck that up, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the scoring title, look, I think the scoring title will be between Luca and KD. They're going to have the shit ton of the ball and score a fuck ton. Beal and Embiid as well. Probably Jarts rounds out the top five. For me, the assist leaders, it'll be Harden, Luca, Trey, Halliburton. That sounds about right. Rebounds, let's say Gobert, Capella, Bam. Ooh, I don't know, Bam. Uh, Embiid, Aiton, yeah. Whatever. Mechanics, that's kind of suck. Who gives a fuck about those ones? Let's get to the NBA Stray Awards. Most disappointing player this year. I think it's going to be Lamelo because I just don't know how often I'm going to see him. 
It's one of those things where you've got like a shiny new toy. It's like, yeah, give me some Lamello. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And then he might just not play that much and it's going to suck. I don't want it to happen, but I think that's where we're going to end up, right? Like just this Charlotte team just sort of stinks, right? Like Gordon Hayward's got a haircut that makes you scream. Just like, where were you on January 6th? I mean, seriously, what is happening? But that entire Charlotte team sort of just sucks. And uh, I don't know, Zach Kex, Adam Levine. Ugh. It feels like this should be the year where it's like, all right, Zach, can you just stay healthy all year and make your team a legit playoff contender and beat some teams above you maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Rusty Westbrook, there's a disappointing player. Oh, he might do his role though, Jimmy. Nah, he's not going to. Can a leopard change its spots? Actually, I don't know. Can they? <laughs> Pretty well camouflaged, aren't they, bro? And I'm a bit worried about Zion. This might be the year where we... Uh, look, Zion comes back. I've talked him up. Potential MVP. Who knows? Most improved. Last time we saw him, he was averaging 27-7. and 7. Now he's got a good team. Could this be the moment where he steps up? Or is this the moment we find out that his, diet, like, his stats are just like his diet? Empty calories, you know? Just saying. Um, it's just... In terms of like these disappointing players, I feel like we're going to be all right this year. Julius Randle might be another one that sort of sets you up for a bit more of uh, excitement now that he's got you know Jalen Brunson, but I don't know. Uh, most disappointing team, it's got to be Charlotte. Miles Bridges, that haircut of Gordon Hayward. Seriously, where were you on January 6th, sir? Uh, <laughs> Lamella already banged up. The fact that... They traded away, well, the 13th pick and kicked that down the fucking road even though their team sucks. I just think they're going to be shit. Uh, anyway, the Bulls, I'm a bit worried about this team. So without Lonzo. Oh, but they've got Caruso. They've got Ayo Dusunmu. Cool. Yep, great. It just sort of screams like same as last year, but maybe not as good because the East is going to be tougher and they can't beat teams above them. Uh going to say this one quietly, but Memphis, this is more just like by definition, like disappointing because they're probably not going to be as good as they were last year because the West is that much better. And they were a top two team last year. So by definition, a disappointment would be them not going top two again. Uh, the Blazers, look, shit, they could win 55 games. They could win 22 games, couldn't they? Probably not 55. <laughs> Maybe 46. There we go. Temper expectations, Jim. Uh yeah, the Blazers are a bit of a sort of question mark where you go, oh, yeah, Josh Hart. Oh, yeah, Anthony Simons. They've got like a weird backcourt rotation. They've got Jeremy Jeremiah Grant. They've got Yusuf Nenekic. Hello. They've got some players. I just don't know if it all sort of fits. Do you trust Chauncey Phillips to put it together? I don't know. Dallas, it's a bit of a worry in the back of my head about that all being a, It's just a fucking, it's a lot of work what they do. The, the Mavs. It'd be nicer to see them get some uh, easier sort of stuff, but I don't know. In terms of other disappointing teams, there aren't too many out there because I'm ex- I'm just so excited about this season because it's, it feels so flat and there's contenders everywhere. Like, as I've laid out, there's like the 14 teams where I feel like even if they do suffer an injury, they don't automatically go, fuck it, we're tanking because they're still really good and that's an amazing situation to be in. And like the next fucking like eight teams in that list... What's that get us to? 22? Good maths, Jimmy. I'm a math scientist. And (laughs) like even the next eight teams, like 
they've got enough really good players that they could all threaten. It's fucking awesome. What a great year. Uh, most likely to start a punch on, a.k.a. the Draymond Green, because I already did it award, is probably going to go to Draymond. Because he punched his fucking teammate right in the fucking face. Bang! Threw his hips into great form. Uh, Joel Embiid will obviously try to start a fight. That's what Joel Embiid does. Austin, the most punchable man in the world, Rivers. He'll do that. Tyler, there goes my hero. Hey, man, I slept with your girl. Bang! It's on. And uh, how about Rusty Westbrook and Pat Bev on the same team? That's going to get fucking full on. They might punch on with each other, <laughs> let alone another team. When's Chris Paul come to town? Because that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Bloke, you want to get a beer with? Uh, this one's easy. Dyson Daniels, Josh Greeny Green, Patty Thrills Mills, Jingling Joe Ingles, and Jock Landau. Jimmy, did you just list all the Aussies? Yep. Yes, I did. I didn't list Simo. <laughs> Hashtag why not? Uh, I don't know. I read out a bunch of his interview the other day. That dude is just fucking off his rocker. Could you imagine trying to sit next to him just like he prattles on about the shit that he's talking about in that interview and he's like, this dude is fucking delusional, mate. What is he talking about? All right, bro. All right. Yeah, I'll see you. <laughs> you can get up and fucking leave. Uh, but in terms of um, the other blokes, I'd really like to get a beer with Dame Lillard at some point. I feel like Dame is a good hang. Ja Morant. I think he might have even been uh, one of the dudes from last year. I'm like, yep, let's uh, let's add Joe because he just seems like a fun, fun dude in general, right? I'd also like to get a beer with Josh Giddy right there. He didn't even make the Aussie list because he's already just in the normal list because I think Josh Giddy is just a good hang. Like, let's go. Giddy up. Uh, I mentioned Dyson. You've obviously got Simo. Some good stuff. Anyway, um... Where else? What else are we at? Oh, worst bloke. <laughs> Rusty Westbrook. Draymond Green. And then the Nets triumvirate. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. Wouldn't it be exhausting to be one of their fucking teammates? Just don't you feel pat for Patty at some point? Just going, like, he's such a good bloke. He's got to sit there and fucking deal with those lunatics. Patty's just going to be sitting there going, man, I just can't wait to like go home. <laughs> go home to a wife, my dog, hang out, drink some good coffee, not listen to these fucking lunatics. Yeah. All right, there you go. MVP, MV. Jaden Ivey, Rookie of the Year. Fuck yeah. Defensive Player of the Year, Simo. Pool for six, man. Coach of the Year, Steve Nash. Most disappointing player, LaMelo. Most disappointing team, Charlotte. Most likely to start a punch on because he already has Draymond. Go get a beer with Josh Giddy, Jock Landale, all the Aussies, and maybe Jar and Dave. I think that'd be a good hang. And the worst bloke, Rusty, Draymond, KD, Kyrie, and Simo. Love it. All right, let's take a quick break. Back with some yeah, nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some ENRs. Brought to you by, I don't know, CodeBet. Go read what I write. It's a lot of stuff, especially basketball stuff. <laughs> So much stuff at the moment. Right. 
Let's do some yeah nahs. Number one, Jimmy, are you serious about this net stuff? Yeah, nah. Yeah, I am. I think it's literally one of two results, right? Like, it either blows up spectacularly and it's just a fucking mess, or, and like Steve Nash is fired by November, Simo's on the trade table, Kyrie's out the door, Durant's faking injuries. Um, but for the time being, if it actually sort of works, I think it can work spectacularly and it could be awesome. And the sort of pieces are there. And you sort of think about some of the other teams in the East. Who are they better than? This is like their last chance. Like KD, Kyrie, they're getting old. It's just going to be very fucking screwy. Simo's just got to plug some of those gaps, not be a dick. Take fucking open dunks when they're off it and away they go. Uh, number two, Jimmy, Philly. Seriously, they're going to be that good? Yeah, nah, yeah. Like the more I've sort of settled on Philly, the more I just really love the malleability of that team. And it's the exact sort of thing that they needed last year, right? To be able to roll out that sort of combo of James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid. It's just a really nice balance of defense, offense. And then you can sort of stagger through their lineups, right? Tyrese and Harden with uh, Embiid or Montrez. With shooters like D'Anthony Melton and Co. sort of just out there at all sort of times. Fucking Furk and Corkmaz is still there. Isn't he? Probably. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't check that one. Probably. We'll see. We'll, let's just do a quick check. Furk and Corkmaz. Where is he, bruv? Yeah, he's still in the sixes. You've still got George Niang, friend of the program as well. So, uh, look, they're just a much deeper team than they were last year, which obviously usually equates to really good regular season results. So... I think they could push 60 wins. Just saying. Just saying. Like that overplay a lot. Uh, What was the last one? Russ. Does he get traded? Does he get traded, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Yeah. The Lakers will hit a point. And they've just got to go, oh, fuck. We've got to trade him, don't we? We've just got to do it. We've tried. We've tried. Darwin's tried. Everybody's tried. And, uh, yeah, he won't be a Laker by after the trade deadline. Whether it be the indie trade, whether it be something else that they find out. Because um, you know that there'll be some sort of, you know, player or two that just gets antsy, gets upset, and somehow the Lakers swing the trade for them and away they go and they have a, uh, you know, a new big three around LeBron and AD. <laughs> Unpopular opinion of the day, I think it is. The Simmons revenge to a time. I think this is the unpopular opinion of the day. Because I think he's got it in him. I just hope that he is willing. He keeps saying all the things that he thinks that people want to hear. I just want him to actually have a crack at it. Just listen to Steve Nash, one of the greatest point guards to ever live. And not have fucking smoke blown up his ass. But I think he could be Defensive Player of the Year. I think the Nets could be really good. I could also look like an idiot. <laughs> but I believe. I believe. Nice one. And what about our back take house? It's Wednesday at our back. And you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Some really tasty, sad-laced. Cassowary casserole. That's right, the world's most deadly bird. It did take a bunch of our sous chefs with it. I've got to pay out a bunch of families, but god damn, that is a delicious dish. And it's only 
and out back. Goes great with the flame grill take, and today's flame grill take is everybody bearing the Lakers doesn't understand economics. Adam Silver is going to step in at one point and go, Indy, you're fucking taking Russell Westbrook. You're fucking giving him Buddy fucking healed. And Miles Turner. They'll give you the two first rounders in in return. Shut the fuck up. And boom, we'll have a Lakers-Nets NBA Finals. Only. At Outback. <laughs> to be honest, I don't half mind it. And look to us, it might actually happen. LeBron, a Adam Silver... There's probably some sort of deal that they've cut. Uh, but no, my point, I think that uh, I hit on out of the preseason sort of looking at stuff, Milwaukee is still probably my pick for the title. And I think it's over the... I think the Clippers get there. I'm going to say Milwaukee Clippers. And the Bucks win it. I think the Bucks should have won it last year. If Middleton doesn't get hurt, I think they win no matter what. I think they've got one more just absolute fuck you kick ass year in them. It's going to be a bloodbath getting out of the East, though. And then by the time they get to the uh, finals, I think the Clippers, because they're so deep, I think they just have like a malleability and answers sort of everywhere that they can even maybe handle someone like the Nuggets or the Warriors. But I kind of think it's those top... So the Warriors, the Nuggets, and the Clippers for me in the West sort of just feel a little bit heads and shoulders above everybody else. But there you go. Right, one last break, and then we will do some picks for all these games. That's right, games in the next few days. Right after this one. This is Mick K, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some picks. After we do a Paddy Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in. It's been a while because we haven't checked on up on uh, Paddy of late. We haven't needed to, you know. Took a big break. <laughs> but Paddy did a bunch of stuff. He was out here, obviously, in Oz. Um, but then the best part was where he was like, all right, cool, I'm going home. Kick some ass, take some names. And so he had BK Baller with the photo. It's fucking awesome. I absolutely love that Brooklyn 8. Uh repurposing, you know, the number eights of, over the times in uh, Brooklyn. So pretty good, pretty happy with that. Let's go. Because, look, one of my most hated NBA players of all time was Darren Williams. Paddy Mills now has the eight. Let's fucking go. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful setup. BK Baller. Let's go, Paddy Mills. Right, let's pick some games. Let's pick some bloody games. Are you excited? It's back. Basketball's back. Tomorrow, we've got the Philadelphia 76ers heading to Boston. Dude, you see that new Philly, Philly, Philly team, dude? Yeah, they're still shit, dude. Uh, 194. Jeez, that's a good price. Uh, two and a half point favorites of the Boston Celtics. As much as I like Philly, I think the Celtics perimeter talent will probably be a bit too much in this one. I mean, they don't really have an answer for Embiid inside, but if they can just slow down everybody else, which they should be able to, I don't know if the Sixers quite will have the, uh, you know, game plan built in to slow down Brown and Tatum. We'll be able to prove that they don't need Emu Yudoka early on. It'll get squirrely after that, I'm just saying. But I think I'll take Boston minus two and a half initially. 
And then we have Lakers Warriors. This is going to be a bloodbath. Give me Warriors minus six in a heartbeat. The Lakers, I don't know if you've heard, but they stink. The Lakers stink. They do. And uh, that's a really good sort of setup for day one, isn't it? Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Warriors. I'm excited. Then Thursday, because, yeah, we won't be able to do a show tomorrow night because um, your mate Jimmy's got work stuff. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to probably aim to do a Friday night show that you can have a bit of a listen to on the weekend. Wrap up all these games. Set you up for the rest of the weekend and away you go. Sound good? Good. Uh, right, Thursday, we've got Orlando at Detroit. This is great. Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Uh The Pistons, three and a half point favorites at home against the Magic. I think everyone's sort of forgetting that the Magic are a pretty like, half-decent, not-all-that-shit team. Franz Wagner, hello. Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony. It might be the problem that they don't have too many point guards. No faults. They're starting Cole at the moment. I still kind of like the Orlando Magic, plus three and a half. Why not? Give me the Magic, plus three and a half. Wizards, Pacers, Benny Matherin, Johnny Davis, a couple of other rookies. The Wizards, two-point favorites on the road in Indy. I'm going to take the Wiz, the Extreme Zinger Burger. Let's bloody go, mate. Uh, the Pelicans, Brooklyn. Oh, that is such a tough matchup for the Nets straight up. Uh, I'm going to take the Pals, plus three and a half. Brooklyn, who is going to cover Jonas... Zion, yeah, they're going to smash him. Give me the Pels plus three and a half. Houston, Atlanta. Houston are nine and a half point underdogs. I'm going to take that. I think they've got scoring coming out the wazoo. The Hawks, double point guard attack with DeJunte Murray and Trey Young. Yeah, I'll take Houston just to keep within spitting distance and cover that nine and a half, if not win. Uh, Chicago, they go to Miami. I think Chicago, a bit of a rabble already. Miami, just a well-oiled machine. Give me the Miami Heat, minus six. Cleveland, uh, they go to Toronto. <laughs> Donnie Mitchell and his new digs, you love that. Going to Toronto. I might have to take the Cavs here. I think the Twin Towers of uh, go the throw Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Might be a bit too much for that Raptors team. I think the Raptors, all that perimeter defense would be really good. The Cavs might be like the one sort of kryptonite sort of stuff, but two and a half points, I'll take that. Give me the Cavs. Knicks, Grizz. The Grizz are going to fucking smash the Knicks, aren't they? Jar Morant, six and a half point favorites at home. Give me the Grizz. Thunder, Wolves. Wolves, 11 point favorites against the Thunder. All the Thunder did last year, you might remember, was kick ass and cover lines. Guess what? It's a new year. They're going to kick ass and cover some lines. Give me the Thunder plus 11. Charlotte, they go to San Antonio. Oh, this is just... That's a tough one. <laughs> Ugh. Does Charlotte... Terry Rose, yeah. Ter- Terry Rose, eh? Uh, Gordy Hayward. Kelly Oubre, they might have enough talent to get by the Spurs. Two-point favorites. Spurs are at home. Charlotte have got a new coach. Yeah, fuck it. Give me the Spurs plus two. Nugs, Jazz. Nugs are eight-point favorites on the road in Utah. Give me the Nugs in a heartbeat. Minus eight. Joker versus that gutted Yaz team. Uh, Dallas, Phoenix. Four-and-a-half-point underdogs of the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to take that again. Last time we saw these two teams play, Dallas fucking put the hurt on them. Absolutely fucking massacred in them. Embarrassed them. And the Mavs are four-and-a-half-point underdogs in Phoenix after their offseason. Yeah, give me the Mavs plus four-and-a-half. Blazers, Kings. Blazers are two-point underdogs in Sacramento. I think the Blazers get off to a bit of a 
Blazer. Give me the Blazers plus two. And then on Friday morning, we have the Bucks Sixers. I think this is where the Sixers step up and get a big win there. Minus three and a half. Embiid is just going to play with Brook Lopez, I think, in that one. Uh, the minus three and a half, yep. It's a bit of a squirrely line. I'd prefer it was like well, two and a half, but three and a half. Look, fuck it. Uh, and then Clippers Lakers. Clippers minus four in a heartbeat. Kawaii. <laughs> Laughing all the way to the bank to kick the shit out of the Lakers. And there you go. You little beauty. We're back. The season. It has begun. So I think that's our plan, right? Back on Friday. <clears throat> Uh, to wrap up all those games for you and set you up for the weekend. So it's going to be a bit of a funky sort of setup this season, just so you know. Uh, we won't be able to do the daily shows, at least initially. You know, got a one-month-old, got the job. Uh, we've got the Fox Sports Lab NBA stuff as well, so you got to keep your eyes out for that. Uh, what I will try to do, what I promise to do, is to do the show as much as I can. Sound good? Yeah, good. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, so make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facey IGs, all that good stuff. Check out NFL Australia, myself and Gaz, a late episode this week. Uh, Gaz has been out and about as well. Get around NBAstraight.com slash shop, get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go on, do that. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, though you rule. And big thanks to Joshua Delarita's fascinated gold mines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Shadow, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all in Bandcamp, Triple Down Earth, Facey Apple Music, Spotify. Remember... NBA Australia supports Australian bands. And we're going to close out today's show with a really quick deli review. Because why bloody not? <laughs> and we will catch you later this week, you dickheads. All right, this is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? Get stoked. NBA season's here. Could not be more fucking excited. All right, let's do it. Later, Hosanna. There it is. Got it. Oi, oi, oi. How the fuck are you? It's your mate Jelly over here. Yep. Hopefully you've heard the good news. I'm a Sacramento king for life now. I'm just like, I think that's what my contract said, right? It's like, oh, Dally, you're a king for life, man. I'm like, fuck yes, dickheads. Fuck, I love Sacramento. There's nothing going on, man. It's just like living back in Maryborough with my folks, man. It's fucking sick. I love it. I just don't have like my best mate plugger hanging around his old VL Commodore, just fucking hanging out the side going, fuck it, going past the Park Hotel, some contingent shit. But anyway, it's fucking good. Settled in, chilling out. The missus, she's like, oh, Dally. There's that new Game of Thrones one that we should watch. And I'm like, fuck, didn't we already watch that one? She's like, nah, that was Game of Thrones. And I'm like, fuck, didn't we watch a new one? Though? She's like, nah, that was Lord of the Rings. I'm like, fuck. And then she's like, nah, 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 there was also that other one, Wheel of Time. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. This one's got dragons and shit, so look, no spoils or nothing, but fucking hell. How nuts is it? There's some fucking weird shit going on with some feet. There's some dragons. There's some rooting of your fucking, I don't know, rellos and stuff. It's like, fucking hell, man, that's gross as. Like, fucking, where do you think you are? Ararat? Ah, nice one. Good one, Deli. Hey, fucking got him. Anyway, so look, I've uh, we've smashed all through the latest episodes and shit. I'm just like, this is fucking pretty good, eh? Like, there's lots of killing. There's lots of fucking dragons. 
shit's going fucking haywire. Just motherfuckers getting it. You're like, yeah, got it. Fuck yeah. So I've got to give you like 18 out of 10 deli ones. I'm fucking pretty, pretty into it. I don't know who the fuck anyone is, but yeah, it's fucking sick ass. So, hey, go check it out. You've probably heard of it. House of the Dragon shit. All right. That's it for this week. We'll catch you next time. Later, fuckers. Deli out. Go, Kings.